Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly life transitions podcast, where we share the stories and experiences of professionals that help families create a new path for themselves. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about transitioning your life through relationship separation, starting a new career, having babies, and many other life transitions. Find out more at mycleanbreak.ca. Here are your hosts, Darren and Tina. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on Clean Break, the podcast. I'm Darren Javog, and stay tuned for a wonderful episode. I'm so stoked about this. I got my uh, trusty partner in this crazy drive that we do called Clean Break. <laughs> Tina, how are you today? I am great. Running a little late today. Yeah. Terrible when you sleep in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That biological clock just changes. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, <laughs> we're here. So this is great. So uh, before we get started on yep. today's show, I would like to just say a little word about our sponsor. So uh, thank you to O'Farrell Financial. Um, in today's climate, a competitive benefits plan is worth more than ever before. Creating an employee benefits plan for your business takes experience and knowledgeable advice. Our team will work with you to build a competitive plan designed designed to attract and retain key employees. That's the O'Farrell advantage. To find out more about how employee benefits can help make your business more successful, visit www.ofarrellfinancial.com. Thanks to them. Yes, thank okay. you. Okay, now let's, so, let's talk about who's on the show. Yeah, so we have Susan Garns. She is a collaborative lawyer and mediator with the company named Beasley Garns, so obviously named after you. So welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, nice to meet you. Um, so what we would like to do is talk, of course, we're going to talk about law. And uh, I think the, the topic we really want to bring into is um, prenups. prenups. <laughs> <laughs> Hot topic in this environment. Uh, we, we did a, uh, a blog post a couple of years ago about prenups and it was, it still is it, it's our, still. our biggest. Yeah. yeah. And we had a guest on the show a few, a few years ago as well, who had done a prenup and, uh, it went to hell in a handbasket really fast. So, yeah. so we're going to talk about that, but first we want to talk a little bit about you. Tell us who you are. Well, um, I think you already laid it out uh, professionally, collaborative lawyer and mediator. My practice includes family law, but unlike a lot of other family lawyers, I also do real estate and wills. So it keeps things interesting uh, because there's variety, but it's also really great for my clients because a lot of the important uh, issues in a family's life, um, they intersect, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've got family law issues are tied to real estate, tied to estates and planning. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and how, how many years you've been practicing? Well, I've stopped counting. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just say 30 plus. Uh, and don't ask me my age. I, I, I no, 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 I don't. I, I think I say, um, um, 49 and holding or 49 plus shipping and handling, like, <laughs> however, however you want to call it. You know what I used to say is we should always tell people we're 10 years older. Okay. So if you're 49, you should tell them you're 59 and then people will say, my goodness, you look amazing for 59. <laughs> yes, you're right, I do. <laughs> okay. We'll go with that logic. Okay. Um, anyway, so <laughs> tell us about who you are personally outside of your professional um, role? Well, um, I live in Manatech and I've moved there a number of years ago. I totally love it. I feel in so many ways like I've come home. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from British Columbia, grew up 
overlooking Okanagan Lake. Now I'm on the river, and mm-hmm. that is my greatest source of joy, apart from being with my husband. Love swimming, love being on the dock. And my other big uh, passion would be blues music. I'm a former director of the Ottawa Blues Society, and I just love the music. It's just energizing and healing, and that's what I miss about COVID right now, mm-hmm. uh, is that we haven't had a lot of live music. Right. Okay. Yeah. Did, were you a big fan of, um, was it not Blues Fest? Fest? Yeah, yeah, the Blues Fest in, um, in Kempo? No, not so much. I Not so much Blues Fest. The, we did sponsor that. Um, that festival, but when we talk about Blues Fest, people think about the Ottawa Festival, mm-hmm. which is no longer blues. At one point it was, and I understand why they've uh, broadened it to other genres. Yes, but I'm, it's not I'm, blues <laughs> at all. Mm. Like, really, because I hear some of the lineup and I'm like, Marilyn Manson? Yeah. Well, I'd go to that. They've kept the name. Um, It's a bit bit crowded and, and, you know, large for me. I prefer the smaller festivals. And, in fact, have done some traveling down south to the Delta, um, you know, the the birthplace of the blues. Wow. That sounds fun. Um, uh, What is it? Not North, is it South Carolina or any of those areas? Are they big for blues or is it? Uh, uh, um, Mississippi. Right. Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi. Um, New, Orleans. Know, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, that's New Orleans. my other, other yeah. favorite spot. If I, really? could, if I could live anywhere other than Canada, it would be New Orleans. Right. I yeah. would too, except for the, the dikes, the stuff that stops the water from going in. I'd just be always looking around waiting for the water to come. You know, <laughs> They've shored those up. Did they? Yeah. And one of the great things about New Orleans is that it just doesn't stop the people. They just, they, you know, they, they rise above the adversity. Yeah. And it's just such a mesh of cultures, right? In yeah. terms of, um, you name it, it's there. And the music is the same way. That place and is food. like a, a never-ending March break. Spring yeah. break, yeah. like yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. When you think back to your college and university days, that place I've been there once, and it was unbelievable. It's like it doesn't matter what age you are, everyone's in spring break, break mode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, yeah. You got the beads going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, New Orleans is more than that. It's yeah. it's people think Bourbon Street, but there's yeah, a yeah. lot of other stuff in New yeah. Orleans. Right. For sure. Yeah. So is that a place you go often or a couple have of you? times? And okay. we've gone a few times over Halloween, and that's like a mini Mardi Gras. Okay. And it's just it's just just incredible. Like people nice. start putting their costumes on days before. Okay. And once we even had the pleasure of riding in a parade and and throwing the throws, and that was amazing. It oh was, wow! Cool. It went some lifetime experience. What do you think? Where do you think this love of blues came from? Um, I think from an early age, it was just the, the beat. I remember when I was in high school, the music I really liked, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin. I didn't know it at the time, but they're blues-based. They are. And then once yeah. I discovered it, by accident, really, I was at a record store and I saw an album by Howling Wolf. Howling Wolf, that was such a cool name. And I started playing that, and then one thing led to the other. But blues really is about... Um, hope and uh connection with others and uh it's it's wonderful Mm -hmm. almost like that that's where that speaks to you yeah it does interesting tell us about your family you so you came from bc how long ago did you move to ontario well um i've lost track of time (laughs) i i moved to ontario with my first husband he had trouble finding uh, work in it was a recession in the early 80s in BC it was worse then um, ended up staying and you know now it's my home 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. That's my home. Nice. Do you, do you still have family there in BC? Unfortunately, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one brother in Seattle. And mm-hmm. so I guess my family, other than my um, my brother, is really my family of choice, right? My, mm-hmm. In terms of my friends, my neighbors. Right. No, yeah. no children? Or do you have... Um, I have a... Uh, sort of a stepchild from my previous marriage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm on number three. I say third time's the charm. Okay. So I have a lot to relate about <laughs> when it comes to life transitions, right? Okay. Yeah. So, wow, great yeah. segue. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Wow, weird. did yeah. you pay her? Did no, you no, no, no. No. <laughs> no. Maybe she's been listening to the podcast. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, so tra- yeah, like clean break is now about transitions. So that's interesting you would say that that you've you've learned how to transition. You've had lots of them yourself. Right. And all relationships end. We never think of it that way, but it, a relationship will always end. If it's not through separation, it's through death. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why we'll talk about this later, why it's really important to be thinking about things like prenups and cohabitation agreements because uh, it you have to plan for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. And, it, and it and it and it comes whether you want it to or not. Exactly. You know, Tina and I were just talking about that in the car on the way mm-hmm. over. We were saying that you know, when you're in your twenties, many many times things don't resonate yeah. with you yeah. because yeah. you're in your twenties. You're like you feel bad when people go through bad situations, but you're like, oh, that's bad. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But then you get into your forties and fifties, and now you start hearing stories that relate more to you because you have life experience and you're old enough where the things that are happening to people are in your age group. Absolutely. And you're like, Wow. Well, we just literally talked about this. I had a client in my office yesterday whose partner um, died in a very tragic workplace incident. And um, they'd been together, they had lived together for, you know, a year and a few months. And he had purchased the home just a couple months prior to her moving in and she wasn't entitled to any of anything and i mean she was able to get worse wsab right, and stuff right. but you know it's like like you say that planning that that right. you know any kind of planning is important right. like yeah and, and never mind entitlement just being able to have the ability to grieve so you're not having to uh, be you know forced to move out of your well, home and that's what she right? had to yeah. do yeah. she had to move back yeah. in with yeah. her mom yeah. and dad and you hear both sides you hear the stories of people who were prepared, who had something, mm-hmm. and then you hear the pe- the people who didn't, mm-hmm. and and it's night and day. The ones who weren't prepared ha- didn't think about you know something tragic happening mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only are they stressed and emotional about the situation, but they're also stressed about auxiliary items like sure. cost, paying for things taking time away from work, you know, these things. And I think that's the stuff that resonates when you get older because you're like, you can see yourself in those shoes. You're like, I can see myself in that situation. I need to plan for that. Mm -hmm. Or even if it doesn't happen, I want to be prepared for it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Because then the other side is the people who are prepared and they go through it. And yes, absolutely, it's tragic and they feel the pain of it, but they're in the moment. They're Mm -hmm. present. They're not thinking about 15 other things. That, oh my God, I got to get to this and I got to get to this. You know what I mean? Well, and we talk about like, I, I, you know, use my parents as a bit of a a case. Like my mom is super, super organized. 
And so remember, well, I, my, I'm the executor of their will, power of attorney, etc. Um, and you know, Darren, before I was, I was having a meeting with my mom so mm -hmm. she could go over everything. Darren sent me this form, but it was after I'd already met her, yeah. met with her. And so then I explained to him what she had already gotten in place. He goes, I think she's got a better plan than I have, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I also have friends whose parents have like, it's a disaster. Right, yeah. and you think, wow, I not that it's not going to be hard or, or difficult when when things happen with my parents, but man, they've made it easy yeah, for yeah. me. And right? I, I think you should get your mom a label maker for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I have one. I, I found mine. It's sitting. In, I found it in a bag in my yeah. bedroom, and so I, I mean, put it on my bed. <laughs> it's so important, but it is understandable why people avoid it because no one likes to think about, about separation or death. Like yeah. those are not nope. fun topics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about you as far as the law. What was so passionate about it? Like what made you want to be a lawyer? What made me want to be a lawyer? Well, you know, I, unlike a lot of people, um, I, I think I perhaps fell into it in a way because I grew up in a small town and my, I'm daughter of immigrants and, uh, you know, I was expected that I become a professional, right? Mm -hmm. And there were sort of three options and it was, you could be an accountant, you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. And, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I was good with numbers, good with math, good with science, but I was really good with, with words. And, mm -hmm. um, I became kind of an advocate at the school because I was brave enough to talk to the teachers. Mm -hmm. And so many people said, oh, you should become a lawyer. I did a favor for a teacher and volunteered to help out with this uh, debating club thing uh, just as a favor. And unbeknownst to me, I just it just sort of continued because we kept winning. And, uh, and that's how I fell into it. But I think mm -hmm. looking back on it, I what I really enjoy about my practice is, is that it's personal and I'm helping people, mm -hmm. right? And I think most lawyers actually get into it because they, they actually do want to help people. And I, I think law is about people, yeah. right? you know, maybe not all law, yeah. uh, but the kind of law I practice is. And yeah. I know when I was doing um, corporate law in my articles, I found that a bit boring, you know, put, you know, toothpicks, you know, to hold the eyes up <laughs> because I yeah. wanted, I wanted to have that client contact. Yeah. Um, and so I don't do corporate law, I'll refer that out. But uh, to me, it's about the connection, right? Mm. Yeah. Interesting. We've built our businesses on those connections yeah. as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. it's 80, 20, yeah, 80, yeah. 80 percent yeah. relationship, 20 percent. business. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's, and that's one of the nice things now at the stage of my practice is I am having repeat business, right? From clients who maybe I did their separation. Now they're having um, a new marriage um, and now their kids are buying homes. And mm. so there's all this interconnection that I really appreciate and mm -hmm. enjoy. And you do a few things, right? You do, you do family law. Yes. And then you also do real estate. Yes. I believe, and then wills and estate planning. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and what do you find is the most challenging thing about being a lawyer? The fact that I don't have a magic wand in my desk drawer mm. because okay. ultimately you want to help people. You want to make things better. Right. And lots of times you just can't make everything better. Yeah. Right. You can improve things, but you just, you just, you can't, you can't fix everything. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, if a, if a, if a client comes to me, I'd, I'd like to fix it all, but you just mm -hmm. can't. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so prenups, right? Hot topic. <laughs> right into it, eh? Like, well, you no, didn't even warm her up. Yeah. You just threw her right into the deep water. Okay. Warm it up. I, I know. Okay. Uh, she's a 30 something year lawyer. Yes. <laughs> I can't throw her yeah. into the fire. All right, go. Go. This will be fun. I want to see okay. this. This is good. Right. Go for it. Let's okay. do it. I'm ready. So, like I mentioned, we had a guest a couple yeah. years ago, and, and she was fabulous. But she, she went to a lawyer, she got a prenup done. Why wouldn't have? Why wouldn't it have just been good? Like, what needs to happen for a prenup to actually be effective when the relationship ends? Well, when we talk about a prenup, I just make it clear: it's not always uh, marriage, right? Um, a lot of people don't marry; they're in spousal relationships, and it's a common law situation. So, when we say prenup, um, we're also talking about cohabitation agreements. Okay. Right. right. Okay. Because that's an American term, right? Prenups. Prenup. Is yeah. So American. in Canada, we we say marriage contract, and a, a marriage contract could be signed before the marriage. It could also be signed after the marriage. Okay. okay. Oh, really? Absolutely. Okay. And sometimes it actually makes sense to sign it after the marriage because if you don't start your uh, process soon enough, you're rushing. And then if you're signing a contract or negotiating a contract two weeks before the, the wedding, wedding ceremony, someone could say, "Oh, I signed it under duress because oh, yeah. I had I had the you know oh. the the reception paid for you know everybody's you know yeah." Got so it. sometimes you actually no. you actually need to put the brakes on and say, look, we didn't start this soon enough. We need to do it afterwards. And it's still legal it's because totally I thought legal. once you're married, it's no, married. No, it's, it's completely legal. Mm. And in fact, some people, um, they might not think about it till well into the marriage, and there mm -hmm. could be a life change mm -hmm. that triggers the need for a marriage contract. Uh, for example, one mm. partner could be starting a business, and or sometimes uh, the, the corporation may require uh, the shareholders or the principals to have a marriage contract. It could be a case where someone might be getting an advance on an inheritance, and they want to make some special provisions for the purchase of a of a home. So, any kind of life mm. event might trigger the need for a marriage contract that could be signed after marriage. But I've started to digress. You had a question for me. No, no, I, like <laughs> totally. Yeah, what, what was the question? Oh, what would make it not binding? Well, um, the number one. Uh, um, reason would be lack of financial disclosure mm. and that's would be the same with any domestic contract for example a separation agreement if you don't have full mm. financial disclosure then it could be set aside by a court okay and sometimes if a contract is unconscionable if it's so contrary to the legislation it could be Thank thrown out egregious and, yeah. Oh, okay yeah and then there's also duress like if someone's under duress or mm -hmm. intoxicated I believe. yeah or mental incapacity yeah, yeah. so the traditional grounds of setting aside contracts mm -hmm. lack of independent legal advice isn't of itself a ground to set aside a contract uh, but it's a factor if someone really didn't understand it uh, that could affect things so you've got greater enforceability if you have uh, legal advice or legal information and it's also very sensible so you don't make mistakes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. I was just gonna ask what are what are some of the uh, most common parts of a prenuptial agreement like what, sections of it that people have to think about well, uh, the number one big three would be support provisions typically spousal support you can't address child support in a prenup mm -hmm. so you're looking at spousal support you can put that in a prenup. 
spousal support. Really? Absolutely. That's the key thing. There's sort of three big ones, spousal support, property division, and then estate rights. So those are the, the big three topics or issues you need to resolve. And when you consider those, you need to consider those in um, sort of three main life phases uh, during the relationship when everything's, you know, progressing, Honky right? Yeah. yeah. All right. And also on separation, if there is a separation. And then as we discussed earlier on death, because there's always going to be death, right? It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, both, both spouses could die in a car crash together, but more than likely one will predecease the other. Mm-hmm. So, but if there was a prenup and one spouse or a cohabitation agreement and one spouse passes, if they're married, does that not just automatically become the property of the person who, the, the spouse? I'm not quite sure I follow you. If one depends what the contract does, right? Because if you have a contract, you're typically trying to change what the law would provide for otherwise, right? Well, not minimums, but whatever is the entitlement is. Right. Right. So you might have a contract where you are confirming or following the, the legal model in some aspects, or you might have a contract where you are saying, we're not following any of the normal rules and you're doing something different. And that's one of the most common reasons why people have a prenup or cohabitation agreement is they want to do something different from what the law says. And when you say different, do you mean like maybe less for one person? Less or less. Could be, it, could, it could be more. more? I mean, I, the starting point when you're preparing any kind of prenup or cohab agreement is you need to understand what would happen if you didn't have one. Mm. What does the law provide for without a contract? In some situations, the the legal model might make sense and you might say, hey, I don't need a contract. Or there might just be one or two things in the legal model that doesn't suit your personal circumstances and you may want to tweak that. Um, Or you just may want to throw it all out and do your own thing. Okay. Now, what about, so that's a marriage contract. Would you say a cohabitation agreement or a domestic contract is the same? Yes. Okay, but they're just people aren't married. Correct. Now, a cohabitation agreement automatically becomes a marriage contract unless she specifies otherwise. That's by virtue of the Family Law Act. And so most people, when they are um, cohabitating, you have a discussion about marriage. Is marriage something that you're planning on doing? Um, People may not foresee marriage, but as we've discussed, life changes, right? You never know. Mm -hmm. And um, you could be down in Vegas and you might be having too much fun. (laughs) Next thing you know, you're married, right? (laughs) Or, or, you know, you could be living together for 10 years and finally what something happens, you decide you're going to marry. You don't know. Right. right. You just when you're when you're young, you just don't know. We talked about that at the, at the onset of this. You just mm-hmm. can't uh, see. You don't have a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. So certainly a lawyer or a mediator will be asking people those questions. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what if this happens? What do you want to do? Do you plan on having children? Um, do you have children from a previous relationship that you want to protect? You've got to look at all the moving pieces. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what? You know, I was married when I was 22 years old, and I'm still married to him, right? So, congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm not 22 anymore, <laughs> right? Um, I, we had nothing. 
right? We did have, we bought a house together right. before we got married, but I've not, I had nothing. Now we have stuff, right? So what would precipitate somebody to get a prenup or a cohabitation agreement? Like there's gotta be specific things you yeah. want to protect or does, should everybody get one? No, I, I think it comes down to what does the law do without a contract? If it makes sense for you, then you shouldn't have a contract, right? Um, you need to decide what you want and need, like establish your goals. Um, for some people, they are content with the the traditional model where it's a partnership and you're working together, you're going to share the value of the wealth accumulated during the marriage. Uh, if there's a separation or death, you're going to share income, right? Uh, some people view marriage as different. They might say, look, we're getting married, yes, but we're autonomous, independent individuals. I might have my career, you might have your career. Um, Perhaps we will have a joint bank account, but we want separate finances. You may want to do something different. Mm -hmm. You could also have people with um, different financial circumstances where you may want when the person with the greater assets may be worried about protecting those assets. These days, we're starting to see more contracts um, largely be, um, because we have family members helping out young people buy, buying homes. Mm -hmm. right. It's become so cost prohibitive for young people yeah. to, to buy homes. So mm -hmm. let's say one one partner is getting a, a huge gift to help with that, that home purchase. There could be some uh, desire from the family or that person um, who has the, the large down payment to protect that. So right. you might have a contract just even dealing with that one aspect and right. just following the, the legal model when it comes to support and property division, but you want special treatment for the matrimonial home. So that's a question mm -hmm. for you, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously if, if um, one, one of the two people entering into the property and there's a mm -hmm. gift from a, a family member, if yeah. it's a gift, then it's it's got to be a complete gift and it's got to be in writing so that the mortgagers or mm -hmm. the people who are providing the mortgage uh, know that they're not going to come back and ask for it, right? right? Yeah. But if it's in a contract, now that becomes like a loan or like a forgivable loan or something? Well, no, I think what you're probably <clears throat> referring to is if the parent is giving the money and then the divorce happens, if there was say a 40000 or a $50,000 gift, it is right. a gift, but it's a gift to the child, child not right. to the marriage. Correct, right? exactly. So the parents are saying, we want to protect our child in the event of a divorce or separation. Yes, or the gift that we've given our child. Right. The gift that we've given right. our child so that, so they would put it in a contract with with the the spouse saying right. yeah. that if the if the house is sold that fifty thousand dollars is protected for our child is absolutely that, that's, and that's that's excluded family property right um, with a contract yes without a contract no right because right. there's a special treatment for the family um, home and it's uh, it's a huge issue for a lot of people mm -hmm. right and so because of this situation with family gifts more and more people are are having these contracts yep. right that's the bomb advice right there mm -hmm. in this Absolutely. podcast like if yeah. people understand that yeah because uh, inheritance in ontario is exempt correct in, in family law unless it is um in a marriage situation that you always there's two different sets of rules when it comes to married couples and common law couples okay spousal support is largely the same but when it comes to property division radically different right. okay and if you're married and uh, anything that goes into the matrimonial home you lose that exclusion if it's the matrimonial home uh, that you separated in 
it's a, there's a weird anomaly in the act. If you had um, that gift we were talking about, yeah, and uh, it's the, the the parties separate in that particular home, then that deduction is lost, unless you have a contract. If down the road that home is sold, then um, and there's a new home, there's a possibility of that um, deduction uh, being revived. Mm. So it's mm. yeah. But most people wouldn't know that. Correct. No, most people probably wouldn't even think about anything like that down the road, right? But the parents should, if they're yeah. given the gift. That's yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and, and then to go back to the inheritance thing, right? So, you know, there's, you know, our parents' generation ha seem to have money, right? Whereas, yeah, they, they know how to save. Right? Oh, yeah. Whereas our generation oh, yeah. and younger don't have a clue, unfortunately, or are not as good. So, like, there's a lot of wealth coming in, right? Mm -hmm. So... You know, if if a parent dies and gives money to the child because they are giving mm -hmm. it to their child, how is that protected? Well, is again, it? It, it would be protected by way of a contract. It has if, to if be the, a contract. Not necessarily. If you were to take that gift and keep it in a separate account mm. and not put it into the matrimonial home, you could have it excluded. Now, the will also needs to be drafted properly by that, uh, from the parent's point of view. Given because, to the child, not to the couple? No, not, so, not, not just that, but okay. you, you also want to exclude not just the the gift but the income from the gift so that's, the that's actually that's it's actually a, a provision in the in the parents will that needs to be done mm -hmm. just now you that's thought that, i was gonna say okay so parents pass <laughs> yeah yeah parents pass away give a child two hundred fifty thousand dollars child keeps that money in an investment for themselves for their family whatever it be and now that child is starting to draw income from it separation happens that income can be excluded from it, it can be excluded if it's if it's properly traced and if the will has been drafted properly that's right but if the will is not drafted properly that income could be shared in the, so the divorce growth, yeah the, the growth, growth of yeah. the asset yeah. yeah the growth of the asset stays separate and apart however the growth sorry the asset itself stays stays separate and apart but the growth from it is now divisible yeah. unless it's stipulated in the contract in, in the yeah, will. In the, yeah. So the so parents have to do that. The parents yes. have to have a, 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 a will too, a, pro, a, a, a properly done will, not something from Staples. Yes, the fill in the blanks, yeah. the boilerplate. <laughs> well, isn't that yeah. interesting? It, it all intersects. It's, um, it, it's and if you, right? yeah, if you pull the wrong piece out, it, it the whole house of cards could, could, could fall. Yeah, it could yeah. fall. Yeah. And it, it could really, Cause so, a lot of problems. So in Ontario too, um, com yeah. <laughs> her mind is blown. Yeah. I think yeah. Alex is going to put a little, a little thing up <laughs> in the middle of the pocket. Wow. Okay. I think I'm almost speechless. It's cool. Almost. Yeah. What you, you, when you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And, and that's one thing we've always said is that this podcast always uh, enlightens us mm -hmm. on things that we don't know. Right. right. So it's, it's right. pretty cool. And the, the other thing is, is that the law is always changing. Right. Mm. So what we're talking about today could be different two years from now. Mm -hmm. right? So speaking of changes, something just happened recently, right? With the, uh, I believe, I don't know if it's the Family Law Act or, but it had something to do in Ontario where um, the, if you get divorced, it does not nullify your will. 
And it used to be... Yeah, that marriage it, automatically revoked and canceled a will. That's right, yes. That's, that's no longer the case. Right. So so if you got married, you your previous will was, was uh, not valid. Correct. Right? Because you're now in a new relationship. Yeah. But now... They yeah, changed that. That's that's correct. In the past, you needed to have a special clause in your will saying that you were making it in contemplation of your marriage to so-and-so. Right. And if you had that clause in your will, it would survive the marriage. Yes. Otherwise, it would be canceled. Right. But that has now been changed. Right. So, so you, I get married. I have a will. I will separate. Con- it will, your will will continue. continue. So, I remarry so you could somebody have, else. So your will could have a past relationship in it beneficiaries that you made 10 years ago and now you get married before it would be okay now it's the the new new relationship and whatever's in the past is now it's like mm -mm. so if you forget to update your will and updating your will is just part of it Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned beneficiaries Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, assets Mm -hmm. are done not um, through the will but through named beneficiaries and that's the best exactly you want to try to avoid the the probate process and you as a financial planner know all about that Mm -hmm. but um, it's amazing the number of people who forget to update that and when Mm -hmm. I do estate planning work I'm always asking them about their beneficiary designations So in in Ontario, though, uh, uh, not to jump over topics back and forth, but common law relationships, uh, the partners are not entitled to assets. That is not true. Okay. They are not entitled to uh, the spouse's asset unless they can show that they made a contribution, either direct or indirect, to the acquisition, maintenance, improvement, or preservation of the asset. But right. they could have to fight for that. Yes, right. So you could spend more than it was, more than it's actually worth. Yes, right. Th- that's true. Right. Um, so it, it is muddy, but you know the contribution could be direct or indirect, right? So it could be a case where one person's yes, they're making the mortgage payments, um, the other person's paying for groceries and you know for trips and holidays and things and that person who paid for the groceries would say well the only reason you were able to make those mortgage payments is because i was paying for for everything else for everything else so Mm -hmm. it's really really it's really important to um, address all these issues Mm -hmm. yeah and the Mm -hmm. the danger is is that so many people they may have heard something they've gone online they've they've you know read something and they think that's the gospel truth school of online Yeah, exactly. School of Google. Yeah. School, yeah. yeah. School. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said for Google, right? Because you, you, I think you can do a lot of preliminary research and I sure. encourage clients to do that because yeah. when they meet with me, they're able to have more focused questions, but it's dangerous. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. It's very dangerous. Yeah. So what, what other kind of contracts are there? Uh, unless you, no, you no, had another comment. No, no. It was just kind that. of like, is there sort of like a checklist that, you know, people could get that would say, okay, these are the things to consider when you're considering a marriage contract or a cohabitation agreement where, so that when they come in to see you, mm. they actually are more prepared. Like a checklist or like a, get, a checklist. A, yeah. Kind of like when you're getting that people your, should think of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think this, the, it's, you know, the, the three things we talked about, put your minds to those, but I think even more important than 
the, ch the checklist is you need to decide how you want to go about creating the contract. That's really the most important piece. What process do you choose? Mm -hmm. Because if you follow the traditional model, I think there are lots of pitfalls in that. The traditional model is typically a lawyer-to-lawyer -lawyer negotiation. The lawyers are front and center, and that can sometimes be destructive for the relationship. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. um, I think you're much better off saying, okay, this is something we want to do, we want to explore it, what will be the process that we're going to use? Mm -hmm. I recommend either the collaborative process or mediation. Sure. And then when you're in that process, you will get the legal information, learn what would happen without a contract, and then in that process, you're going to start looking at all these different issues. But do it together as a couple, mm -hmm. right? If you've if you've got one party going to his lawyer, the other party going, you know, to his or her lawyer, then you're getting positional. You're not having that dialogue, and that's not a really healthy way to start a relationship. You right. want to start having these discussions and problem solve and do it together, but do, do it, it with some um, some professional advice and input at the same time mm -hmm. because you could sit around a table, just the two of you, and come up with a plan, which may make sense to the two of you, but you're missing all sorts of mm -hmm. like, legal pieces. Don't know what you don't yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's good though because you I think didn't... about the divorce and separation process, and we talk about collaborative or mm -hmm. mediation, and and it makes sense because it, it is sort of a a more loving and gentle, hopefully, process, right? So it makes sense to do to do a collaborative or a mediated contract. Yeah, yeah. like Absolutely. again, like wow, yeah. the bombs are just dropping. Like yeah. I love this. Yeah. And this I didn't. And I didn't. And I think most people don't realize that there's no. like three ways to do it, which is the traditional lawyer, right. lawyer, uh, mediation, and collaborative, right? Mm -hmm. And and again, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But uh, like in my opinion. I love the mediation style, you know, yeah. because you go and it's kind of like the lawyer is a referee, like someone like you is, a, is not a referee, but you're a neutral third party. You know, you're like in the middle. You just want to make sure everyone understands. And it's not like, well, my lawyer is going to call your lawyer about this. And then, by the way, we're getting married in two weeks. So my <laughs> lawyer is going to have this contract. It, no wonder people look at it and go, oh, my God, why would I get a cohabitation right. okay. or a, a prenup? That's mm -hmm. going to destroy my marriage. Yeah, well, yeah, if you got yeah, two lawyers going to use it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, if you yeah. follow the traditional model where one party meets with his or her lawyer, drafts the contract, and then sends it over to the other party, yeah. it's like throwing like a, a live hand grenade. Yeah, and it's sure. just like, yeah, it, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so people uh, avoid it because they're scared, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they have to they have to talk about some hard stuff. They have to talk about money. And, you know, believe it or not, people will actually rather talk about their sex lives than money. Like, it's like, it is, is just, mm -hmm. you know. But they fib in both. <laughs> I joke about that all the time. People come to me and talk to me about stocks. And they say, well, my friend made 300%. And I'm like, yeah, but he didn't tell you about the three other stocks that he lost like 200% on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. yeah it's true, yeah. though, in yeah. life, right? right? But you're yeah. right. Like, I always tell people there's, you know, besides their families, money is way more, is important. Like, the most important thing in most people's lives. Mm. And to be honest with you, sometimes it's more important, mm. right? So having those conversations can be touchy even yes. in a very loving yeah. relationship right yeah. <clears throat> and, but it's so important because yeah. um it tends to um relate to your values actually sure right yeah because it, money is not just money and the way people approach it mm -hmm. is one person a spender one person a saver mm -hmm. um it is if you do uh, a prenup 
collaboratively or through mediation, you can have these conversations about mm. how do we see going forward into the future, bring in a financial planner, what are our goals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to have the biggest house possible? Do we want to make sure that we're saving money for, um, you know, our, our ESPs for the children? Like, mm-hmm. really talk about those things, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really addressing your your attention to the relationship right mm-hmm. a prenup is not just about the end of the relationship if it's done properly you're really talking about how you're going to be managing your family right. like while things are going well and hopefully wow you know you'll be ending that relationship with death rather than mm-hmm. than separation right i think sometimes people don't realize that even their spouses or their partners aren't in in their heads Right. Mm -hmm. Because you and I have seen this before where, you know, uh, you get a couple who's downsizing and the vision of what the downsize looks like Mm -hmm. completely different. Mm -hmm. One wants to be downtown right by the cafes. The other one thinks that they're buying a little tiny house in the middle of Miracle. Yeah. You know, and then they and then they actually say it out loud. And the other partner's like, what? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I am not moving to the downtown core of Ottawa. Right. Yeah. You're right. And uh, that's I think partly why we're seeing an increase in gray divorce, right? Right. You have people who have had their independent spheres and all of a sudden they're now having to spend more time with each other and it may not be. Yeah, my husband and I- Sylvia, I love you very much. Please stay with me forever. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to say, my husband and I bought another business with our son and um, that's our retirement because he, I'd kill him. Sorry, can you edit that out? No, No, that's staying in. <laughs> I know because I, I we are like we're 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 very independent of one another, but obviously married and happily after right. thirty years. But you know, it's like another thing. I I it'll together. give him something to do. Yes, <laughs> you guys are yin and yang, though. We are you opposites, are. total I, I, opposites. I find many relationships that are yin and yang and are probably it, stronger. Right. Like when you got yang and yang, or yin and yang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know if I agree with you. I, okay. I, I think opposites attract, but yeah. I don't think they always make for a happy, healthy relationship. Yeah. Having said that, I think it comes down to core values. And yes. If you if you've got some common core values, yeah. you can have differences. Yeah. And we you can joke and you and you complement each other. Yeah. So you have to any house we've bought. Um, like again, ex- total opposites, and we joke about this. But when it's come to the important things in our relationship, we are always in agreement. Like buying houses, we both, yep, that's the one, right? Um, you know, our children, that's it. Like those financial values, those core values mm-hmm. are are the same. And yeah. yeah, yeah, we have arguments, of course, about stupid things. But at the end of the day, like you're yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So those big decisions, those values, those are things you should be talking about when you're preparing a prenup. It shouldn't just be on what happens if this relationship ends, but put some thought into how you want to Mm -hmm. live during the the marriage Mm -hmm. and put some thought into changes, right? Right. What, What if something happens wait uh, is children going to be a, a change um mm-hmm. yeah you know every, like every day no one knows what, what holds the future right mm-hmm. so um not to get off the, the the prenup but um what do you what would you say are the most common 
contracts. So you've got the prenup or pre like the say, yeah. prior to marriage. So prenup, yep. right, or marriage contract, cohabitation agreement. Yep. Uh, you can also have a co-owner's agreement okay. in that if you've got a couple purchasing a home together, uh, they may not want to deal with the other issues like uh, support and uh, property division and estate rights. Maybe they will down the road, mm -hmm. but they, they've got this transaction coming up. Someone's putting a, a bigger down payment than the other, ah. and they just want to deal with a very that narrow issue, issue so yeah. that you can do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. You can also have a mutual will agreement. And oh. so you may want to just deal with estate planning in terms of um, are you going to be required to maintain a will a certain way, right? Because with a will, um, you can write a will one day and the next day change it. So if you have a couple going to a lawyer doing a, um, a will together, um, are you content trusting that person that they're not going to change their will or mm -hmm. do you need to have a mutual will agreement? And that becomes that one. especially important when you're dealing with um, making plans for, let's say, children from prior relationships. Right. Uh, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Or again, um, provisions regarding the home because as you mentioned at the onset of this um, podcast, if you're in a common law situation and your partner dies and you might not have any ownership rights to the home, mm -hmm. you may want to be able to um, preserve the right to stay in the home for a year or two mm -hmm. till you grieve, you know, and then and then move. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Eh? We are running out of time, but there's a story that you, we asked you for a story. And, okay. And I just want to kind of go back and where the heck did it go? All right. A great story you can share and that can relate to Clean Break. Let's see that story. I think I told you uh, yeah. it was sort of a hand grenade situation. Uh, I had a client consult me, wanted some independent legal advice about a cohabitation agreement. And no problem. Read the contract. It was well drafted, straightforward. It was in legalese. And I'm, you know, used to reading legalese, right? It's mm. a whole different language. Most people can't read it. Yeah. Um, they think they can. They want to pretend they can. Yeah. Uh, and some people are pretty good at it. But, it, you know, it's it would be like me trying to um, read French. <laughs> okay. I might get... The odd word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just... But I wouldn't get everything, the right? Whole, whole so because of that, whenever I give advice on a contract, I always ask my clients, please, in your own words, tell me what you think this means. Right? Oh, that's good. Because if I were to just tell them, in my words, what, I, what, what it means, I could be inadvertently talking legalese. I try to use plain language, but I'm used to legal terms. So I could be meeting with a client and I could be telling the client uh, verbally when it's in writing and that's not going to be any more clear. Right. right? right. Yes. So tell me what you think it means. My client says, well, I think it means that my partner's large down payment for uh, the home that uh, we bought, he's going to get that back if we if we separate. It's, it protects his down payment. And I go, well, it does that, but it does a whole lot more. <laughs> you know, you're waiving support rights, property rights, estate rights, not just now, but should you marry? And she was completely shocked. I just, oh my God, I had no idea. And it really alarmed her. And um, so we had, yeah, exactly, hand <laughs> grenade. And she, 
you know, gave her partner the, the benefit of the doubt. I encouraged her to. I said, look, he you might know, not know. He may not he know. He may not, and, and it could be yeah. a, a, a game of, of broken telephone, right? Yes. He might be telling his lawyer one thing. Um, the lawyer is hearing that, but is also thinking, well, I'm going to protect his down payment, but I'm going to be a good lawyer for this guy. I'm going to protect him in all other ways. Right. And does this sort of traditional, um, you know, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours contract. And uh, so when she kind of climbed down from the ceiling, uh, <laughs> she was just really relieved that she consulted me. Yes. And um, then we could focus on a solution. I said, look, you need to speak to your partner. I'm going to write a nice letter to the other lawyer. I don't want to accelerate it. Just right. explain, look, there seems to be a misunderstanding, a disconnect, because my client thought it was just going to be about the down payment. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, I now have an amended contract. I haven't looked at it yet, but hopefully it will get sorted out. Okay. But all of this could have been avoided if the parties had chosen a collaborative approach yes. yeah. or a mediation yeah. approach because you would have had right. the two parties with the mediator yeah. or you would have had each party with their own lawyer having a discussion what do you want to accomplish giving the legal information about the, the law model yeah. and then what kind of contract yeah. so you figure it all out first then you do the drafting yeah, yeah. I've, we've yeah. said that so many times yeah. where we've said you know most people think that it's going to be more expensive to yeah. use other yeah. other models, yeah. and we're like, no, it's oh more time efficient, less energy, less less confusion. Less con you just you get to the crux, yeah. the yeah. core of mm -hmm. what it is you're trying to resolve, yeah. and you just deal with it. Yeah, right. So yeah, and especially when it's a marriage or a new relationship, you're buying a home together. It's a happy time. You don't mm. want to be yeah. adversarial. You don't want to have this conflict, and you want to set uh, a model for future. Um, situations because there always will be future disagreements and and different approaches so you Absolutely. want to set a pattern yeah. right yeah. and develop that good communication yeah yeah and develop those professional relationships right mm -hmm. because True. you might be consulting with um an estate planner financial planner about your goals mm -hmm. and then maybe five years 10 years 15 years you, you want to revisit that and you'll you'll have that relationship yep. right mm -hmm. yeah i'm making a prediction highest downloaded podcast we'll ever have today because <laughs> i'm going to share it with every yeah, client yeah, i have yeah, here yeah, listen, yeah, to yeah, listen to this <laughs> all right all so right. i guess we'll wrap yeah, it up on that yeah we've got uh, a great show today thank you well so it was a much. real pleasure thank you for yeah. having me we'll definitely have you back 100 okay. we i'm sure we could talk about all kinds of other things so, yeah yeah because yeah. I, I really like to talk about like wills and estate planning a little bit sure. in, in that sense because i've got lots of questions okay <laughs> Why don't you share with everyone how to get a hold of you? Um, well, I'm at BeasleyGardens.com. Uh, email is Susan at BeasleyGardens.com. And you can also just pick up the telephone old-fashioned way. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for voice communication. Absolutely. And just and give us a call, 613-235-6299. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show right. today. My pleasure. Excellent. So why don't we... Uh, Thank our, our, yes. uh, our sponsor. sponsor again. Yes, I'd like to just reach out and thank O'Farrell Financial. So in today's climate, a competitive benefits plan is worth more than ever before. Creating an employee benefits plan for your business takes experience and knowledgeable advice. Our team will work with you to build a competitive plan designed to attract and retain key employees. That's the O'Farrell advantage. To find out more about how employee benefits can help make your business more successful, visit www.ofarrellfinancial.com. So well done. 
You it's think like, I? Yeah, it's like you. You like think I do, took like a job radio thing. or yeah, something you in get college? Paid for these like pro bono. <laughs> I like to get paid Excellent. for these things. I know. <laughs> We're not going to go there. No. Okay. Uh, so if you want to find out a little bit more about Susan, uh, check her out on her webpage. You can also find more about her on the mycleanbreak.ca webpage, as well as all of our social media posts. More yep. professionals on the podcast, on the blog posts, and Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If you uh, have some questions or need some help getting through a life transition, we're here to help. Absolutely. Okay. So until next time, everyone, take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on life transitions. You can find more topics like today's and other great advice from life transition professionals at mycleanbreak.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. MyCleanBreak.ca has clear and simple advice from trusted local professionals to help you get to the other side of any transition.